get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have a guest with me, Nathan Bynum. He is an entrepreneur as well as an author and web developer. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Jason. And today we're going to be talking about how to build a website in two hours or less, maybe. And uh, before we get into that, I want to find out a little bit more about you and how you became an entrepreneur in the first place. So take me back to the first day that you realized that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was actually around the fourth grade. I'll I'll skip a lot in between, but I I went to school and I would chew gum at school. And I knew that if I chewed gum, then other fourth graders were going to want some. And so I had a stockpile of gum that I would sell and create my own demand for that product while I was um, in fourth grade. So selling that then is kind of what led me to a path of like doing drop shipping, creating different websites and local artisan shops in Florida and eventually writing my book, selling that and creating a website around that to help entrepreneurs create their own websites and reach their entrepreneurial goals. Cool. I got a really important question. What kind of gum were you selling? (laughs) It was double mint. Double mint. Oh, double your pleasure, double your fun. Yeah. Double your money, right? Exactly. Oh Oh. yeah. It was a good ROI. My mom would buy the gum and (laughs) you were selling like singles. It was um, the little packets of five. Yeah. Oh, you were, so you were selling the packs of five. Yeah. I thought you were selling like single sticks of gum for like five cents or something. <laughs> <laughs> I did something similar when I was in uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I was selling bracelets. I'd, oh, buy, okay. them, I'd buy them in bulk. Um, in Europe, I'd bring them back and then I'd sell them for a dollar a piece. I'd buy them for a quarter. So that was it's pretty similar. So uh, let's see. Um, you mentioned that you also were, you know, there was a, you mentioned drop shipping in there somewhere. And I know drop shipping is like a really big deal nowadays. Um, even my cousin told me recently, he bought a lot of products from Bali, um, handmade goods to resell on Amazon. I myself tried Amazon FBA once, didn't really have a great experience, even though I was able to sell a lot. There's a lot of comp- competition out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fees, right? Uh, what is, in your opinion, one of the better ways of starting a drop shipping business? So I actually did it through eBay. I would find different products that were selling well on Amazon and I would mark it up like around 25 or 30% to cut out all the eBay fees and make a little profit myself. And so that's how I did it because I, I knew a lot of people were doing the FBA and I was trying to avoid like all that competition. And so I was using what they were doing and using that to my advantage. And I would sell a lot through my eBay store. Cool. And um, were you selling, uh, were you doing arbitrage where you were buying stuff from stores and then reselling it? Or were you buying in bulk from other countries? I would actually um, put on different things on my eBay store to where like they could purchase that. And then at that point, I would then plug in their information at different places. Like Lowe's if I was selling drills or Amazon if I was selling a plethora of products or wherever I was doing it I would not buy it until they bought it from me so you were pre-selling everything yeah 
Got it. That's not a bad idea. No inventory is the way to go. People get stuck with like a thousand t-shirts. Yeah. And they don't know what to do with them. So exactly. that's not, it's not a bad uh, situation. So being that you're only in your twenties and you've already done quite a few things, you must've faced, especially so young without a lot of experience behind your belt, you must've faced some challenges. What was one of the biggest challenges you faced as a young entrepreneur? Um, a lot of the challenges really came from when I was writing my book and publishing it. And I went through my own self doubts about that because I was writing a book on goal setting and achieving goals. And I was only 24 last year. And I, but ever since I was like young, I've always fallen asleep listening to Ted talks and just like always absorbing information. And I had a, good community around me of people who were much more successful than I was that I was interviewing for the book. And I would answer whenever people would ask me like, who are you to write this book on success? I would say that unlike most of the books that I've read on success, I'm not on the other side of the tunnel. I'm still learning it. I haven't forgotten all the information and all the little techniques that really help to push you up to the next level right because, because I, these, I, these millionaires and these gurus they they tell you like oh i had real estate that i purchased when i was in my 20s and i started a company that i sold for 10 million dollars when i was in my 30s now i'm in my 40s and i have like you know 500 million dollars but it's because they did these things that we can't duplicate and and what you're saying is that you are more realistic because people can actually follow some of the steps you take because you yourself are not only taking them, but you're also learning from them. So you, you know, so you're kind of wiggling your way through and navigating this uh, sea of insanity when it comes to entrepreneurship. Whereas these gurus, you can't do what they're saying because it was a one-time deal. So I totally get it. And uh, that, that actually brings me to how you figured out that building a website in two hours was a thing. Like, you know, I, my, I actually, for a living, what I do is I build websites and mobile apps for clients, right? And definitely don't take two hours, right? The, the, you know, sure, you can do a WordPress theme and, and get it up and running pretty quick. Uh, but even for people who are not technically savvy, it still takes them longer because of the fact that, you know, there's some ins and outs, plugins and themes and having to navigate the backend dashboard and whatever, whatever, right? So uh, what is the, the, the secret here of building a website in two hours? So full disclosure, these aren't going to be websites like you develop, like they won't be insanely customized already. They won't have like the whatever elements that you want to make specific to you, but they're going to be professional. And the reason that I suggest for people who are not able to fork over whatever it costs to hire a professional web developer for them to do it in two hours is because that way they're going to be able to pivot and they're going to be able to test different things, test different copy. And then eventually the way that they're able to do it now, they'll be able to hire somebody later on. Like once they really have honed in on what they're going to be selling and who their audience is at that point, after they're profitable or after they have enough to invest in a nicer website, they'll be able to, add on to their website. They're going to be able to get over that obstacle, that hump. This is for people who 
especially are like, well, I'm not at a place that I can afford to build a website. I'm, I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Like this is for those people to figure out like how exactly to do that, to keep them from making that huge excuse. Right. Are these, are these more like landing pages then as, as opposed to fully functional websites? These are more, cause you said copy. And when you say copy, usually we're talking about a landing page. And when you said you want to try different copy, that means you're trying multiple landing pages. So, you know, we're talking a call to action. We're talking about like an email, you know, insert your email and, and, um, you know, basically a way to, you know, get people to sign up for whatever it is you're selling. Right. So is it more of a landing page situation? This would be still a fully functional website. I would, um, do you want me to kind of tell the metaphor that I tell to kind of help people piece it all together? Sure. So whenever people ask me like how they start their website and how to get it up and running, then I usually explain to them, like if you're building a house, then in this case, your house would be your website or your content management system. And you need a land, some land to build that house on unless you're Elon Musk. And he's building stuff on Mars. So exactly. (laughs) And so the land for this metaphor is the hosting service. And so you'd have your content management set up and then integrated with your, um, your hosting service. But then at this point, you still don't have the rooms of your house and the rooms here would be represented by the pages. And so depending on if you want an about page or a services page or just whatever your business requires, then you can build those easily with different themes like you talked about. But what I looked for in a theme was two things was one that you could customize with code and two, you could have it to where it easily optimizes for a mobile device. So I use Divi and I usually tell people to use Divi for those reasons. And then at that point, you're able to hire people like yourself to come in and code it more later on. It makes sense. So I always tell people something similar in a way, uh, I have a book and a course that always tells people, look, do as much as you can by yourself first to attract talented people. And this falls under that category. So when it comes to websites, I always tell people, look, don't use Squarespace, don't use Wix, don't use these, you know, drag and drop editors that people, they fall into the trap of using them and then they get stuck there. And I say, you don't really own it. You can't really take the code with you. I always tell them, get a hosting service, install WordPress, put in a theme and play around with the editor. It's not that hard. There's something called YouTube where you can watch tutorials. It's pretty easy to do. And I find that 99% of people are just lazy and they, they don't, they don't want to put in the work, right? Most people just want to pay someone. You do it for me. Uh, and, and that's fine because that's, that's how I'm in business, right? I'm in business because people are lazy and they don't want to learn. That's fine with me. But I agree with you. Divi is also is definitely one of the better um, you know, content management solutions out there. I agree. And I, I also use it in some of my projects as well. But when it comes to, you know, being as young as you are, right, you must have had some kind of help along the way, maybe a mentor, or someone you looked up to that gave you some advice along the way. And I love hearing 
you know, really important advice that was given to somebody. So did you have a mentor that gave you a piece of advice at one point? And what was that piece of advice? Yeah, it was actually um, John Davis. He, he's the corporate action hero. And I, he's talked to me a lot of times. And one of the times he was talking to me, I was explaining to him that my, I was kind of afraid of that, like kind of not being taken seriously because of my age, despite having the abilities to do what I do. And he told me that I was looking at it completely wrong. My age is my biggest asset because I am able to show people that like younger people or older people that it doesn't matter at what age they start, they can still do it. They're able to do that. And I'm not already like stuck in my ways as some other people may be. So I'm open, very open to listening to people for suggestions and advice. And so he was telling me that that was really what set me apart and what was my biggest asset. So that has helped. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you're still learning. I mean, you're, you're, you know, when I was your age, I wasn't even in the startup world. I was doing other things. I was running businesses, but you know, I didn't really hone in into the startup world into my thirties. So you're definitely a leg up. And um, if you could tell other entrepreneurs out there or people who want to be entrepreneurs who are your age or any age uh, to inspire them or encourage them to do what they want to do, what would you tell them? I would tell them that they don't have to fall into the limiting beliefs trap. They, there's people out there that have already done most likely what they want to do. And if not, then there's people who know how to do that or have gotten close. And so just finding mentors like that, like finding somebody like John or finding somebody in that field that they can look up to and they can have a different perspective on where they are and where they want to be. So they can just start going because if you don't plug in somewhere in your GPS, it's not going to reroute you the right way. Like you might start out the wrong way. You might be like, Oh, it was showing me that way, but it's really left. And so you have to just get started and have somebody kind of help guide you. That's awesome. And it sounds like you said to pretty much tell people to get lost on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. All right, cool. So here's my lightning round, right? It's going to be a uh, uh, six short, give me your, the, the quick answer. Right. And the first one would be if uh, who did it better, MySpace or Facebook? Uh, Facebook. <laughs> All right. I always say MySpace. Um, if you could pick one in your next business to succeed, no matter what, out of these four, which one would it be? Traction, technology, team, or revenue? Team. Good answer. Out of all the companies you like, which one has your favorite culture? Um, probably the Marriott. Oh, cool. The hotel chain. Yeah. You like, you like their customer service, I guess. I do. I have some stories about that. <laughs> cool. We'll save that for another, another episode. Um, if you could start your next company in any city, expenses paid for, which would it be and why? Uh, probably Silicon Valley just to be around that type of people and kind of, like I was saying, get to know the things and figure out how to do the things better just by being surrounded being around by people. people. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, have you seen the matrix? I have not. You know what? Do you know about it? I do. Yeah. All right. So let's say Neo shows up and he plugs you into the matrix and says, you can learn one new thing instantaneously. What would it be? 
I would learn how to understand what I'm supposed to do later on now. Ooh, so like kind of like, wow. So like the future almost. All right. And one fun one during the pandemic, what was the, the best show you watched? Um, the office. So you always you, have you to binged get back. All, you binged all the, uh, all the seasons. Yeah. I did, I did too. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's my joke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Nathan, I appreciate it. It was a pleasure on the show. I appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed being here. No problem. And for everyone listening, hope you learned something. And as usual, we will see you in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting patreon.com slash strap on your boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.